Hey, everybody, and welcome to Learning from Smart People. I am your host, Rob Oliver, and a very happy Tuesday to everyone. And thank you for tuning in today. I really appreciate that. My guest today is Nicole Neer. She is the owner of Bloom Admin Services, a virtual support agency that provides support for service-based entrepreneurs. She is also a mentor for solopreneurs looking to build resilient businesses while living with chronic illnesses and is the host of the Spooniepreneur podcast. Nicole, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. So let me just get right into this. You're what you're doing is providing virtual support. What exactly does that mean? So I have an agency of virtual assistants. So we help small businesses with their marketing, with their you know customer support, with you know anything that they could really need help with on the back end of their businesses. Okay, and I'm assuming that what makes this so um, so ap- appealing is the fact that you you're it's virtual and you're able to hire people in chunks of hours rather than committing to a full-time person is is that my proper understanding of virtual assistance yes yes so we have a team of six people um each of them does something different on our team so we have copywriters graphic designers system specialists all that good stuff um and it's, it's great because we get to kind of set our own hours. We get to determine what our workday looks like. And for somebody living with four different chronic illnesses, that made it incredibly appealing. Sure. So do you mind me asking that, like, listen, I'm upfront about the fact that I've got a disability and I'm, it, I'm a quadriplegic. I, although, actually, let me, let me change that. Um, I'm always very careful. I don't say that I am a quadriplegic. I have quadriplegic because that quadriplegic doesn't define me. Um, I'm just, I'm Rob with some issues. Okay. And yeah. quite frankly, I think that everybody in the world is who they are with some issues. Yeah. Uh, but you're, let me just, uh, we had a short talk beforehand. And one of the things that I really was thinking about with you is there's a certain level of unpredictability with what you have going on. Yes. And for me, I'm going to wake up and every morning it's going to be pretty much the same. I'm going to have the same limitations, the same issues. But for somebody like you where there is there are different experiences every day and it changes and a lot of times you don't have control over that or there's no predictors for what's going on. Uh, what is kind of your take for other folks that are out there that are looking at limitations and concerned about how it's going to impact their ability to work. Yes. So I have four different chronic illnesses. I have fibromyalgia, irritable bowel syndrome, um, bipolar disorder, and anxiety. So I have two that really affect me physically and two that affect me mentally. And then obviously, you know, they like to play together. You know, if one is flaring, the other one will flare too. Um, And I started my business really because I had to. I couldn't work the traditional nine to five. I needed something that was going to be flexible. And so for me, I learned that, you know, two things were really important. I needed to have systems in my business that would kind of run like clockwork, whether I was running like clockwork or not. Um, And I also needed to surround myself with people who could support me. Um, So for me, I have a team of six VAs. We all work together. I don't know what I would do without them on those bad days when I, you know, literally can't get out of bed. Um, 
but that's part of what I help people figure out as well. Um, people living with chronic illness is, you know, what are those things that you need in your business to keep it running? Because um, it's not a matter of if your symptoms are going to flare up and impact your business. It's a matter of when. Mm -hmm. And so I like to help people be proactive about it because it's going to happen. You know, it's so funny because in my book, uh, my first book, my autobiography called Still Walking, there's a chapter called Not If But When. Mm -hmm. And um, it looks at things very much the other way around. Okay, um, it's the story of dealing with my occupational therapist and kind of setting goals for me that I wasn't sure whether or not I was going to meet those goals. And mm -hmm. um, just in the conversation, it changed it from if I was going to meet the goals to when. You're looking at it very much the other way around. Uh, you're, there are going to be problems and you know that they're coming. Um, it's not a matter of if they're coming, it's a matter of when. Just, it's funny how you see both sides of the same coin and yet it's part of life. It is. Uh, so as you're dealing with these kind of chronic illnesses, dealing with, a, I don't know if issues is the right word, but do you feel like those have kind of helped build who you are and, and kind of done some preparation and helped you in, in this venture of entrepreneurship? Yeah. You know, I tell people that having chronic illnesses is part of the secret sauce of what makes me a successful business owner. And I think if you're outside the experience of having to, you know, function with those, you know, those disorders, those things going on in your life, it sounds crazy. But, you know, one of the things that entrepreneurship forces you to do is to think on your feet, to find quick solutions, to um, deal with, you know, things that are coming your way. I mean, you are, you know, as a solo entrepreneur, you're the person who has to deal with it all. Um, and I got used to doing that because that's my daily life. I wake up and I have to deal with curveballs and I don't know what's going on. Um, and I have that resilience muscle built up in a way that people who don't have that experience have to learn by getting knocked down a lot. Um, and so I think, I think it's been an asset to my business in more ways than it's been a hindrance. So you're kind of doing the tub something thing where I get knocked down, but I get up again, right? Yes, and, yes. Uh, and it's, that teaches you, from what I'm hearing you say, it teaches you to be resilient. It, you, you have no choice. Um, mm -hmm. Although no choice. I say that, but the, the fact is actually you do have a choice. Uh, there, are, there are obviously difficult experiences that we go through. And uh, the question is, do we let them win or do we decide that we're not going to accept accept that and we're going to to get up and keep moving forward and, and mm -hmm. so you're kind of you have this experience of being resilient of thinking on your feet of coming up with solutions and then i would also imagine does that help you to build like systems no it like that you need a backup system or that you need a to create some kind of organization um, because you've got to have something ready for all possible events. It made me think really strategically about how I'm running my business. Um, you know, I have, I don't have all the time in the world to get things done. I can't just choose to work a couple of hours at, into the evening or like, you know, work on the weekends. My health means that I only have a few hours in the day where I'm like fully functional and able to work. So I've had to be really strategic about how I run things and for me, that means having kind of workflows, 
um, in standard ways that we do things so that if I'm doing, you know, for example, social media marketing for one client, doing it in the same way every time. So my brain can get used to doing it that way. So on days when I'm not feeling great, I still know the steps and I'm not having to think quite as hard. And so it's, it's definitely forced me to, to do that. But I think, again, that's an asset that any business owner, whether you have a chronic illness or not, really needs to think strategically about how they're building things and how they're um, kind of taking themselves out of the equation, to be honest. It's, you know, how can I bottle what makes me great and, you know, create these workflows, these things I'm doing it the same way every time um, so that the experience is the same for whoever works with me. So you're kind of like the New England Patriots where it's it's about the system and it's not about the players. Like we have a system here that works, although um, I will say I'm from Pittsburgh. And so watching them struggle this year is uh, gives me a little bit of joy that I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> but but the idea is that you're setting up a system that is a system for success, regardless of who or what is getting plugged in there. It's all it's all being handled in the same way. I, mm -hmm. I, I love the idea. And listen. The other thing that I really feel like when I was reading about you and one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is you've got that desire to work. You say, I want to work. Just um, I'm, I can't do it like everybody else does it necessarily. I've got to find a way that works for me. But at the end of the day, I still want to to work and I still want to do this. I think that that's one of the sad things that is misunderstood about many people with disabilities that, uh, you know, People with disabilities just sit at home and want to rely on the government and want to just be part of a program and they want to get a check mailed to them and, and that there's not that desire to work. And you know, October is National Disability Employment Awareness Month. And it's that reminder, no, people with disabilities aren't lazy. People with disabilities aren't working the system. People with disabilities are out there and there are a lot of us who are working to make sure or working to make sure that we're employed, whether yeah. it's being an entrepreneur or whether it's working for someone else. It's just that desire to work. I, do you have any thoughts about why being an entrepreneur, and maybe you already touched on this a little bit, why being an entrepreneur is such a great idea for people with disabilities? You mentioned the flexibility. Are there any other benefits that you can think of? I think for me, you know, I have a podcast. It's called the Spooniepreneur Podcast. And I talk to entrepreneurs who are living with chronic illness. And the thing that I hear over and over again is that um, having a business that we've created from our own two hands, having, you know, this thing that has been a dream in our brain and we brought, re you know, into reality, it helps us find a sense of purpose. And I think that, you know, especially for somebody like me who, you know, I was, di I started getting sick when I was 30. So I was well into my career, had this trajectory that I thought my life was going to be. And then illness came in and kind of took it from me. And I felt like my purpose was gone. And so having this business building this helped me find a different sense of purpose. Um, and so I think that that's one of the reasons why I think entrepreneurship is one of the best gigs you can get when, when you have a chronic illness, because you're really able to dictate the terms of what working looks like for you um, in a way that it's very hard to do if you're working um, for somebody else where they're dictating like when you show up, what the workday looks like and all those things that can be really hard when you just don't know what your day is going to look like. I'm also, you're talking about that concept of purpose and I would throw the word value in there too. And just to get your thoughts on it, because 
so many times people with disabilities, people with chronic illnesses, people with limitations, our tendency is to focus on what you can't do. Mm -hmm. And what you've done is flip the script on that and say, all right, I, there are things that I can do, things, skills that I do have. And mm -hmm. how do I utilize those in a way that still, um, you know, is cognizant of what my limitations are. Did, is that, does that make sense to you? No, it does. It's, you know, people who are living with any kind of health issue, whether you are able to work a full-time nine to five, or, you know, you're like me where you have to really rethink what work looks like. Um, we bring a different set of, we bring a different mindset, a different worldview to things. And it's very important that we show up and we say, yes, I still have value, you know, just because I'm dealing with all of these things, like I still have something I bring to the table and it's really important. Um, and, and I think that I, I go back to this idea of purpose. It's, you know, some, you find a purpose in something that seems kind of purposeless at times. Um, and that can be a really powerful way to even help you reshape how you think about your body and how you feel about your illness. So tell me, I'm just thinking, not everyone that's listening is like you and me experiencing life difficulties. Like, no, change that. Everybody experiences life difficulties on a certain level, all right? Yeah. And uh, some of them are not as pronounced and obvious as what you and I may be experiencing, okay? Uh, do you, do you have some tips for folks who may not have the the life circumstances that would require them to alter their schedule or you know um but are there tips that you can share with them about uh, incorporating the lessons that you've learned into helping them make their business something that is um, is more sustainable more resilient kind of thing i think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned um, in living with chronic illness is that when you look at the big picture, things seem super overwhelming. And I think that everybody living in 2020 can definitely relate to the fact that if you go up to the high level and look at all the things going on, it feels super overwhelming. But when you can break it down and you can focus on, okay, what is the thing that I need to do in the next five minutes, in the next hour, in the next day? Um, you can do really hard things if you break it down like that. Um, and it's something that I think anybody, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, you know, just having that ability to be mindful of, okay, this is just what I have to do right now. And these little steps are going to add up into something bigger. But if I get so focused on the big thing, I'm never going to take the first step. Sure. So it's kind of like that journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. Yeah. And um, it's not about, it, you know, and I think I've used this analogy on the show before as well. It's how do you eat an entire whale? It's one bite at a time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so you, when you take the big picture, eating it, you know, eating a whole whale is, it's an inconceivable task. But when you break it down into smaller tasks and each, it be just, it just becomes one forkful at a time. Mm -hmm. I, I love that idea. So just out of curiosity, are when you're setting up your business, are you also working with other people that have um, some chronic illnesses or is it just finding people who have the skills or what's your thought as far as building your team? So my team is really just the people who are the best fit. Some of them um, have chronic health issues, some of them don't. 
Um, but what I found is as I was building my agency, building my team, more and more people who were living with chronic illness started asking me, how can I do what you're doing? So I also started mentoring people who are living with chronic illness who want to build their own businesses, but feel really overwhelmed. You know, it's like, okay, so I don't even know what my first step is going to be. How do I get there? Um, and so that's, that's been really rewarding is, is helping people to, to figure out what their secret sauce is and, and what they're going to bring to their business. Um, it's been really fun. I think it's really interesting what you're talking about. And I guess the question that, that I want to follow up with is you're kind of helping people find out what their strengths are and what they can do to, to be their own boss, so to speak. What do you find is the more difficult part? The more, is the more difficult part finding out what your strengths are and, um, or is the more difficult part setting up a business in which you're getting paid and running an actual business based on providing services from what your strengths are? I think, I think what's interesting about working with people who are living with chronic illness is a lot of people, when I start working with them, are in this kind of pivot moment. They had the career they thought they were going to have, and they're saying, okay, it needs to look different to start this business, but it's really like, okay, what are the skills that I have from that old career? How can I bring them into a business? And also, you know, what is the most marketable? What can I actually make money with? So it's kind of both at the same time. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, finding out what is it, it, just to repeat what you said, finding out what is it that I have that is marketable and can be paid, and then how do I set this up? So it makes it makes a whole lot of sense. Now, just a, a little bit of a transition. I'm imagining also that you've got to do a lot of work with efficiency because mm -hmm. you said earlier that you only have a limited number of hours in a day. And I don't mean that, I mean that even beyond the concept of all of us are limited to 24, we don't get 25, we don't get yep. any extensions, but even within that, you've got some limitations. What have you learned about running your business, about getting, you know, getting your work done when you have those um, time constraints and how do you do that? You know, what tips do you have for efficiency? Um, efficiency starts with boundaries. It starts with understanding, uh, being just super realistic with yourself. Um, I think a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs who are living with chronic illness are type A personalities who we want to believe that we can do everything all at one time. Um, and so it, it starts with being really honest with yourself of, you know, okay, for me, it's six hours a day. That that's what I have. If I try to go beyond that, I'm making silly mistakes and, I'm going to make all of my clients and my team really frustrated with me. So, you know, it's being honest with myself about that. And then it's saying, okay, so within those six hours, what are the systems I need? You know, what are the things that are going to help me shave time off of, of things? So for me, it's building workflows. So we do the same thing the same way every time. So I'm not reinventing the wheel. So when it goes time to do a task, I know exactly how it needs to be done. I know where the tools are at. I have everything I need. Um, and the final thing really is to make the most of my time. Um, we use a project management tool. It, I mean, it could be a notebook. It could be a fancy system like we use, but it's, I write down everything that's in my brain when I'm working on a project. So the next time I go back to it, I can see exactly where I left off. 
Mm. Um, because for me, I deal with something called brain fog, which means that it feels like I'm just kind of behind this dense wall of fog and it takes me twice as long to think about things and, and do things because my brain doesn't want to cooperate. So um, having that way of kind of getting down everything that's in your head um, and having it there for next time helps you be more efficient too. It's such a good idea. I love it. And um, I guess let me just, cause I, I end up being awake in the middle of the night and that's when I do a lot of thinking and a lot of, a lot of good thoughts come. My problem is that because, because of my physical limitations, I, I can't get out of bed. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't write things down. Uh, my wife would, I'm not sure if it's quite figuratively or literally kill me if I woke her up in the middle of the night to say, Hey, can you just write down this brilliant thought that I've had? But then the problem is that sometime I'll go back to sleep. And when I wake up in the morning, it's like, I have, I know that I was thinking about something and I know that I was super excited about it, but I've got no idea of what it was. So you've at least got a system in place to say, uh, these, this is what was going on. This is where I am. And kind of to, to do that for lack of a better term, brain dump where you're, you're putting this stuff down on paper so that you know where to pick up. And again, that's that's one of those things of not uh, of addressing a limitation mm -hmm. and saying i acknowledge this and i have this and instead of saying i can't work be i can't do anything because i have this to say i'm going to figure out what is the tool that i can use that allows me to get stuff done regardless of what i'm experiencing does, does that adequately describe what you're talking about it does. And, and I love the example you gave because my uh, I have an app for the project management tool that we use. It's called Trello. I have Trello on my phone so that when I have insomnia, I'm laying in bed in the middle of the night, I can't sleep. And I have that like moment of like, oh, yes, I need to do that. I just put it in the project management tool and then it's there for when I go to do it the next time. Yeah. But it's but it's, you know, talking about efficiency and talking about systems, it really comes down to knowing yourself very well. I did not realize when I started my business that I was signing up for this lifelong journey of like self development. <laughs> and if you don't know yourself well enough and you don't look at your limitations, and this is whether you have a chronic you know, health condition or not, if you're not acknowledging your strengths and your weaknesses, and putting systems in place to help you make the best of both, um, you're not going to be as successful as you could be. Yeah. And there's another thing that you said that really kind of it sticks with me. And that is how many entrepreneurs are just doing it by themselves. And mm -hmm. it's a, it's a one man or one woman um, organization. And it, they just, mm -hmm. and part of that is because there's a lack of resources, you know, there's not a whole lot of, uh, funding available to outsource things. But what I'm assuming is that because you are doing virtual assistant, uh, providing virtual assistance, that there is kind of a, a smorgasbord or a, a menu of uh, different levels of how, how much it can cost you. And mm -hmm. in addition to that, as you're assessing things and you find out this is what I'm good at, this is not what I'm not good at, paying somebody else to do what I'm not good at mm -hmm. is 
it will give you much better results than just trying to muddle through it on your own because you're just determined to do it. And listen, I've got this as a person with a disability and that is don't tell me what I can't do, right? Like I can yeah. do anything I want to. And I'm, there are times when I think that comes back to bite me because I'm doing things just to be able to say like, yeah, I did it. So tell me then a little bit as you are, like what are the what are the different ways in which you can support folks? Are there, what are the levels that are available so that, you know, people can do what they're good at and not be overburdened with doing things that they're not as skilled at. I think when you're starting up your business, um, it's easy to get stuck in the, well, yes, I need to just do it all. It's just me. Like I don't have a lot of money. Um, and what I encourage people to do is, you know, say, for example, you're a coach and you're charging, you know, a hundred dollars an hour for a session. Well, if it takes you two hours to figure out something that it would take me 15 minutes to do, then you've just spent $200 when you could have spent 50. Right. <laughs> you know? And I think when you when you start valuing your own time and, and putting it in those terms, it makes it easy to see, oh, yeah, I could just hire somebody to do this really quickly. And then I could go out and actually, you know, make more money because I have more time. Um our agency, you know, we do a lot of different things for small business owners. Um, and that's everything from coming in and setting up the system. And then you get to, you know, take it and run with it yourself to setting up the system and, you know, us doing everything for you. Um, I think a lot of the time when business owners are starting out and they think about outsourcing, they think, oh, I'm going to have to spend a whole lot of money every month. And that's just not true. Okay. Um, you know, you can get somebody to come in and say, this is the right, you know, this is how you should be doing it. Let's set it up so you can do it. Let's train you how to do it. And then you can take it and run with it. Um, you know, I think that that's a viable option too. And it's, it's definitely something that we love doing in our agency. Beautiful. If you could just, we're almost out of time, but if you could just give me like, are there one or two things that you would say, make sure that if you're outsourcing stuff, don't make this mistake. Communication is the key to a successful relationship. Um, you have to know what you want. You can't just say, oh, you know, I want you to, for example, run my social media, but you don't know what, you know, what kind of things you want to share about or what you want things to look or feel like. Like, if you don't know, then we don't know. Um, and if you're not communicating effectively with us or we're not communicating effectively with you, um, there's going to be a lot of frustration and you're going to feel like, well, why am I spending all this money? So know what you know, what you want um, and be willing to be open in communication. Um, if things are not the way you want, being able to say, OK, this is why it's not what I want. Um, the more that you do that, the more successful you'll, you'll be in that partnership. Excellent. Thank you. Listen, thank you so much for sharing. I really appreciate that. Uh, Listen, if folks want to get a hold of you, where can they find you on the web? What's the best way to connect with you? So our agency is called Bloom Admin Services. You can find us at bloomadminservices.com. Um, and then my other side of the world, the Spooniepreneur podcast can be found on iTunes, um, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I am offering a free masterclass if you are a solo entrepreneur looking to think about, okay, how can I market my business in a way that actually saves me time and gets me word of mouth referrals? You can get access to the masterclass at 
resilientbusinesstoolkit.com. Awesome. And I'll put those links down in the show notes. Listen, you have been fantastic. I really appreciate you being on the show. It is now time for my favorite part of the show. It is time for three questions to establish your humanity. Are you ready for this? I am so ready. All right. Uh, what is one thing that is on your bucket list? Oh, on my bucket list, um, skydiving. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, more power to you. I, like that seems uh, that seems like so much fun at yet at the same time. Um, that understanding of if it doesn't go well, it, it's really not going to go well. Um, if you could live anywhere in the world besides in the middle of Ohio, uh, where would you where would you live? Goodness, um, I would probably live in Orlando, Florida, because I am a huge Disney World fanatic and being able to go to Disney World whenever I feel like it just sounds like a really good thing. Awesome. And last question for you is what season of the year is your favorite food season? And, and so like summer is grilling and fall is like soups and stuff and winter has like all of the holiday cookies and all of that wonderful stuff. I haven't been able to figure out what exactly the cuisine of spring is yet, but um, maybe maybe you have something that you are eating in the spring. I, um, but what's your favorite food season? Oh, um, probably fall. Um, I'm a big pumpkin spice fan, so I love my pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> I like you know being able to switch over from grilling to having like a good soup and crusty bread at night. Like that's just that's the best. All right. Thank, Nicole, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate it. Everyone go check her out. Make, take advantage of the masterclass that she's offering. Uh, to all my listeners, I will say again, thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate having you. That You are the reason why we do this show. And I will remind you, as always, that when you stop learning, you stop living. Have a great day, everybody. 